In September of 1915, Gene Debs gave his views of the war, then raging in Europe. I am not a capitalist soldier. I am a proletarian revolutionist. I am opposed to every war but one. I am for that war with heart and soul. And that is the worldwide war of the social and revolution. And we are back with a full episode this time around. Uh, this is Hammer Time. I am Lane Schnell. I am here with Garen Moat. Hello. And Fred Groff. Yeah. And yeah. Kellen Mata. And we are here once again to talk about news and politics and everything that is going on. Uh, we did obviously a little mini episode earlier in the week where we discussed a few things, but we kind of wanted to leave our, our heavy hitters uh, for today when we could get all four of us together to record. So with that out of the way, let's jump into our first big story. This is from out of Florida. Khaled, you are the expert on this one. I have, I need to read the article. <laughs> um, I've not like fully read the article, but pretty much to vaguely uh, summarize, there was a like uh, data scientist in Florida who was like, she claimed she was in charge of like setting up um, the portal on like the COVID-19 Florida website and like just like you could search uh, by zip code and see like all the cases in your area and like how many people have died and like a bunch of information like a bunch of people were using it like to see how safe it was and she was fired recently and she claimed she was fired because she refused to like fake some data and like change data um to make it seem that florida was like doing better than it actually was and the governor of florida claims he fired her because she was being an ins uh due to insubordination and he claims that she'd had little to no say on the creation of like um that map and that data but like um her co-workers have come out and like said various things like um both ways saying like oh she did have a major part and others saying no she was just an uh, she was just fired due to insubordination and it's just a whole mess of a situation desantis probably not the most trustworthy of guys to listen to but i don't know much about this woman either so i can't really say if she's trustworthy right well and this is i mean we've seen the governors sort of uh run away with a lot of these types of you know shady dealings i suppose because we saw also in georgia that uh, i believe it's brian kemp down there he was uh, questioned pretty intensely after it was noticed that their, you know, state health department had released a, uh, you know, infograph, if you will, with the uh, dates switched around at the bottom. Like, it had the cases reported correctly, but the dates were switched around. So, like, you know, Thursday came after Sunday or something, but or, you know, the day after Sunday was a, sw- a Thursday on this map, and it made it look like the curve was flattening. But, of course, it actually wasn't. They just manipulated the data uh purposefully i mean that's not like something that you would just sort of accidentally do uh very purposefully manipulated so that it looks like numbers were decreasing and they could justify reopening yeah and and that's what you're getting from a lot of these governors because uh here in ohio uh mike dewine seems to be uh you know fixated on this um idea that he needs to have a press conference every day which, you know, I get, but, but more and more these days, they, they pass, and you just see them, like, giving up on these scientific figures, telling them, you know, maybe you shouldn't reopen this quick. While at the beginning of all these live streams, 
when they first started, he, he was relying heavily on uh, Ohio's Dr. Amy Acton or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, you know, we got bored of staying inside, and I guess we're now going outside, I think. I don't know. It's it, There was a joke uh, you guys said recently of um, America's dealing with uh, the coronavirus just like they dealt with uh, the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. which is they just didn't have enough money to keep fighting it. So you're, you're seeing that, and that's the adverse effect of, you know, forcing your gov- uh, government and running systems after uh, best interest of the free market. And, you know, mm-hmm. I guess that's the flaw. You know, you can't fix that, I guess. It's how we've designed it. Right. So we're, we're going to have to reap what we sow here in a couple of uh, weeks. Right. Well, and it's... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, of course, like, um, we tend to, like, like you were saying with the Vietnam War, we tend to ignore things when they start being too much of an economic burden on us, when it's too expensive to, you know, continue lockdown because, oh, well, big businesses are losing a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, a, a lot of Americans kind of have this sense of entitlement, like, oh, this is the land of the free. What? You want to lock me in my house so I can't get a haircut or go get a burger? Like, it's, right. it's, it's honestly insane, like... Again, like staying in your house sucks, but what's what's worse, staying in your house or getting coronavirus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, coronavirus will yeah. put you out of commission yeah. for Amen. three weeks, uh, at the very least. If you you know if you end up showing symptoms, and it can cause you know all sorts of probably longer than temporary, if not permanent, lung issues, like you know probably some sort of scarring or something like that. Where oh, most definitely. Yeah, so it's it's not a you know it's not the flu. It's not a couple days and done it's not just like the common cold it's a intense uh painful disease if you show symptoms obviously not everyone shows symptoms but um even like like, even if you don't show symptoms in the first like four weeks or whatever there there we're seeing effects of young uh young people Mm -hmm. uh you know yeah dying of uh, i don't know what this fully has come out as yet but it's some sort of like post-viral it's weird but it 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 affects young people and young children are dying too right this uh, coronavirus yeah we're seeing a lot of uh comorbidities if you will um in even children who get uh covid you know different new and different um inflammatory diseases uh very recently especially in new york i think um where you know not only oh yeah new york's right yeah not only are you and thing from that but it's kicking in this um it's apparently similar to toxic shock syndrome which is can be deadly and is a nightmare um and so you know like that so that already you know sort of doubles your potential uh death rate probably um, much more painful and much more difficult to survive yeah yeah, and like I, going back to Vietnam and stuff. Like, uh, hold on, let me check. Oh, we're what, well what the over numbers are, but um, like last week or something, it was like um, mm-hmm. ninety thousand people in the United States have died of coronavirus, and, and if you compare it to like yeah. the Vietnam War, where only like sixty thousand Americans died, 
there's not as much of a reaction to COVID, mm-hmm. even though it affects us way more than, like, Vietnam did for, like, you know, the average American who wasn't, like, a soldier. Um, and and also, like, in 9-11, like, only, like, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was, like, two to 4,000 people right. died. And, and look at the effects of that. And the country actually did almost like shut down after like, 9-11, like, properly. And we were, I, 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 you know, it was considered pa- yeah, patriotic yeah. to do so. Whereas now people are complaining that their rights are being taken away because they need to stay inside to prevent other people from dying. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 honestly just blows my mind. Like, I, it's like when you get to a certain number of casualties, something stops being like heart wrenching and affecting you, and it's just like you look at that number and you see it, and it's just a statistic mm-hmm. to you. Like, the, yeah. you can't even grieve for that many people. Mm-hmm. Um, and going off about more freedoms, um, I, I saw an article somewhere where it was like, men are too scared to wear a uh-huh. mask because it'll, they're, they're yeah. afraid that it'll what make them look I saw that too. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> That's some Alex Fellas, shit. is it gay to oh, stay alive? Bro, is, is it gay yeah. to wear a mask? Yeah, I saw that. Is no, it gay it's, to it's, not get coronavirus? I, we should be selling, you know, wearing masks for the people who, for the people who are already wearing masks this isn't like it wouldn't be a selling point for them but for the people who aren't wearing masks we should sell it as like it is your patriotic duty you know like rationing was it is your patriotic duty it will help your fellow countrymen uh to wear a mask like that's what it should be presented as but instead it's presented as you know if you wear a mask you're giving in to big government and your rights are taken away <laughs> Mm-hmm. Getting um, into big gov, even though Trump sort of ordered it. Yeah, and that's actually what they did during the nineteen eighteen influenza epidemic. Like so many men were afraid of wearing masks, there they were afraid they would like appear feminine, and then just the government told them, "Oh yeah, it's patriotic to wear a mask," and just they all started doing it. Like it just takes the government like saying like something. It takes someone like Trump like saying something to supporters. Like it is our duty as um like patriotic americans to do this and i will like start wearing masks everywhere i go and like we would see the numbers jump but he just refuses to because he's too arrogant to wear a mask himself Mm -hmm. because he's so egotistical he he thinks that he's invincible and i mean i guess i guess that's our president this fucking egomaniac right but you know i'm not preaching well we saw also um yeah you know and kind of another big story from this week is we heard that apparently trump is uh taking the hydroxychloroquine stuff that which you know increases your heart rate yeah. So, oh yeah he's kind you of know, you know um nice. i mean yeah. right I be surprised and what a rumor uh, snorting adderall crack and, um, he's probably yeah. done a shitload of cocaine i'm just saying yeah, have yeah. you seen some if of his, like... If you're a rich man in the 80s, you've definitely done cocaine. 100%. <laughs> but have you seen some of his, like, um, speeches and stuff? Like, he just yeah. looks I mean, he's probably like not... he's high on something. And yeah. a lot of the time, he sounds like it. That's just how his brain works. He's... Uh, didn't he, uh, isn't oh, there was... a picture he's eating, like, a taco bowl? Yeah, that's kind of an old picture, but I know the one you're talking about. Well, and... Oh, God. Right. Um, I know that it's a couple of Ritz crackers. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. Uh, Adderall and um, Xanax. I'm on sure them. he's not getting much sight now. Yeah, it was soon. But fight. also, he, like, yeah. you know, I mean, part of it is I'm sure that he's 
what is he almost five now he's gonna be 74 i think this year um but he's in his early 70s he is you know very well not to be rude but he is overweight and he's a big person <laughs> i think that like his body you know psychically or whatever is struggling to deal with this whole thing which you know i don't know if he's trying to make up for that by doing drugs you know i'm not gonna make that cast those aspersions but um you know i don't think that he's coping so well with this whole thing Mm-hmm. yeah yeah Definitely. i just wish we had a crack uh shooting um president who actually cared for uh <laughs> drug addicts uh but no I think I made a joke. I will be as soon as I get into office first day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot up some heroin. Yes, I think I made a joke during my inaugural address. I'm I'm getting the belt. I'm getting the legalization plan. And I was like, on the first day of office, Bernie will personally sell you weed. But obviously, you know, he's dropped out. But so, oh, Grandpa Sanders. Anyway. Mm-hmm. It's time oh. for... I, I can't wait yes, for a 92-year-old Bernie to run again. Yeah. Yeah. Bernie! Bernie, it's 2024. Time for your annual presidential run. Yes, honey. Yes, honey. Yes! <laughs> we, sh- we, should, uh, we should do, like, um, like, Fred, you've seen Futurama, right? You know, like, the Richard Nixon in the head, yeah, like, head the in the jar? Nixon. We gotta do that with Bernie. Jesus. <laughs> we gotta hook him up with, like, like a, a, a robot suit so yeah. we can keep running um, until he well, wins. Well, and just going back to for a moment to, yeah. you know, the, the governors and their um, <laughs> attempt to uh, manipulate statistics, um, you know, they're all, like, Republican quote-unquote red state governors georgia florida wisconsin well wisconsin can sometimes be a swing state but i think right now they have a republican governor like right right shout out to yeah yeah, shout out to mike dewine though i will say he's like the one republican governor who seems to have handled this whole thing pretty well given circumstances but sort of right leaning so the states that are opening early are going to be these red states and i mean if you know if we see if we keep seeing spikes in cases which we are still seeing by the way especially in states that have reopened early my question is will this affect the election like will you know enough you know obviously we have a lot of people dying out in cities which tend to lean more you know liberal democrat but so, you know, there's a lot of people dying there, but there's also going to be a lot of people dying in more rural areas and, you know, red states um, who tend to or who are probably going to vote Trump. So how does this affect the election in that sense? Because, you know, if enough people die out on one side, does that balance or does that um, tip the scales for, an, you know, one candidate or another? You know, if more Republicans die, yeah. could Joe Biden, you know, win or... You know, if, if more Democrats die, could Trump win? You know, I mean, personally, I don't think Biden's winning either way, but. <laughs> well, this 20, this 2020 election coming up, the debates that, you know, they're going to start holding them eventually, Biden versus Trump. 
But Biden is just mm-hmm. going to start nailing on the head this idea that Trump's a murderer. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Biden won on the basis of that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, it is the choice between two rapists. But we do have this moderate uh, right. group of people who have seen Trump's incompetency in office. Um, tell people to drink bleach. Not drink bleach, but inject uh, disinfectants. Telling people to try this lupus drug to, you know, fix coronavirus. It's just, we have this mentally deficient man um, on Twitter, you know, telling the morning Joe dude that uh, he's a murderer. Just silly. And, um, but know. just to go off of, of, off of um, what you're saying about moderates, like, Trump's always going to have, like, that diehard um, conservative base that will never veer off yeah. from right. him. Well, until eventually, you know, like... He dies. If he re- gets reelected, then the next election, there's going to be a new Republican that they're going to latch right. onto and have that cult of personality, um, probably. But you get the more moderate Republicans or the swing voters who are, like, more interested with Trump's economic policies mm-hmm. and stuff are, are just going to, like, look at this, like, with what Fred was saying, is sheer incompetence, and that'll push them further to, like, vote for right. Biden just because they view him as not as incompetent or that he's something familiar because you know he was the vp under the obama administration right yeah it's yeah to use a phrase that we're all going to be hearing a lot you know a lot of people are going to look at him as the lesser of two evils um just because you know he wasn't in charge during this whole thing so he by uh default or by comparison looks better than trump uh for this whole situation Yeah, we're stuck yeah. between a man who will most definitely take away rights from minorities and a man who will probably right, take away or at rights least from minorities. Restore any of the rights that have been taken away. Oh yeah, of course. I don't. I don't think he's taking anything away. I think he's just not fixing the massive gaping mm. hole that America is. Yeah, yeah. I think it's and, Trump know, might make things. Yes, or yeah. Trump. Well, Trump will make things worse. I just don't think Biden will do anything good or bad. Like I don't think he'll. Which, you know, the yeah. Uh, yeah. being, you know, abstaining from action in that sense is usually bad, but, you know, I, I mean, not not with malicious intent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're just, the one problem I think Biden, Biden the, the major problem he has isn't the lack, isn't the thing that he's going to solve the status quo, it's just he's he's losing it. He just, he can't, you know, he can't do anything. He's just, uh, you know, Republicans might see him as this, you know, babbling uh, buffoon. Because, like, you know, uh, Joe 30330 and all those incidents, right. they, they happen, like, every day. N- not every day, but it seems to be, like, we just, right. it, it, he's a puppet, you know? And I guess that's, that's what we're going to be seeing yeah. a lot of. Trump's yeah, side. absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that, I, I may have talked about this last week, I'm pretty sure I did, but, you know, I think that Trump is seeing, has, has refused to care about this from the beginning because he recognizes that, or recognizes that the first spikes happened in um, places that, you know, weren't going to vote for him. And so he thought, well, it's not really an issue for me then. 
because people who would die are would vote for my opponent. And right. Yeah, because it was right, it was and I think New York and stuff. I think as we see death city. tolls increase now, yeah. in places that are going to vote for Trump, I don't know if he's going to be able to kick it in gear to save his voting base. I think it's you know the it's it's too far beyond his grasp. Um, but I think this is a moment where, you know, it would make sense for, uh, you know, were Bernie Sanders still in the race, he could hit Trump hard on this. Biden isn't going to do that. He's just going to keep, well, he, he might, but he's not going to propose alternative solutions. His whole motto is going to be, we need to get Trump out of office. We need to, you know, um, we it's just getting him out of office is the only solution to all of this and then if you know if you vote in a democrat like that fixes the problem and it doesn't obviously um and especially a democrat like joe biden it doesn't but i mean honestly at this yeah but honestly at this point i mean we do need somebody at least you know if he's just stop like threatening to uh you know stop the u.s the u.s postal service stop uh you know cutting down these pandemic forces and we i think personally right now it's it's not time to it's i i hate the democratic party Mm -hmm. and they're probably not gonna win seeing this but it's just right we need to get him out of office but i mean i i'm gonna feel terrible voting for uh you know forced to do if i want you know, right yeah i i don't want to you know not have these local things in my town not have these you know uh, uh like unemployment yeah. benefits and stuff like that it's just yeah yeah biden's like main main platform basically is we hey we need to get trump out of office like he doesn't like push for like his policies because they're just like standard neoliberal stuff yeah like yeah. like Bernie was really like really vocal about like medicare for all and stuff and, and biden doesn't have any like huge like game-changing policies really to like you know um mm-hmm. biden's platform is just obama's but I- exactly yeah, it's just yeah so also, whether like, you yeah. liked obama i didn't like obama oh god yeah but, I mean, but it was better than having mccain but you know yeah Again, drone striking hospitals. Yeah, like, yes. best thing Obama did was, like, legalize gay marriage. Right. But, like, that does right. not make up for, like, even... That wasn't even, I, that wasn't even Obama. That was the judicial court. Yeah, that, so, like... So, yeah, I it's... mean, I guess he got those folks, the mm-hmm. folks into the uh, judicial, the Supreme Court. But, I mean, he yeah. didn't legalize yeah. gay marriage. Yeah, like, it's like... Even the thing he was, like, slight, like, the one thing you can objectively say he was, like, was good and he was slightly responsible for, mm-hmm. like, just and I... doesn't make up for a tenth of the things he's done. And No, like, you, we get that, but Trump, Trump, uh, what was that new trade deal he made? Um, uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, NAFTA. No, but it's the NAFTA's U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Yeah. No, but he updated it. Name of it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The cum deal. Canada, yeah, the, United States, Mexico. Uh, the North American Free Trade Agreement. He yeah. changed that. And he people thought he was cracking down on, quote, crack, 
quote unquote cracking down on China, but he's not. He's just encouraging mm-hmm. our dependency yeah. on China. And I and people need to know that Donald Trump is not in your best interest if you're one of these people who you know doesn't like China because and you think Donald Trump's doing something about it. No, if anything, right. he's encouraging this dependency we have. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. He is and, the yeah the. Um, backslide uh, president if you will of everything you know regressive policies whereas you know joe biden is the stagnation candidate nothing nothing new nothing old just well sort of you know old, but nothing new yeah that's that's true (laughs) um we heard in the last uh about week and a half uh, about the horrible, horrible death of uh, Brianna Taylor, who was an EMT. Uh, she's 26 years old. She was shot in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, basically through her home, uh, like through the walls of her house. There were a few shots that you know were found in the outside of the house, um, and it was supposed. This was back in March, and it's just sort of been released uh, very recently. But um, so she was it was supposedly a raid uh for i believe drug yeah um and neither she nor her boyfriend who was living there uh have any neither of them had any criminal history or drug convictions and the um suspect for that they were looking for in this raid had been caught earlier in the day so basically she was shot for no reason um and yeah. even if she did oh, have drugs she yeah. shouldn't have been shot i'm like but... yeah i'm like yeah. i'm reading um just because i'm not familiar with this too much but i'm like reading something about it um the police entered with a no-knock warrant and then claimed that she and her boyfriend were related to like a trap house over 10 miles away from their like apartment and then like her boyfriend thinking someone had just broken into their home just like attempt like supposedly he fired his firearm first because he thought like you know there's like someone in our like apartment trying to like maybe hurt us maybe steal something from us like he doesn't want that to happen to him and now he's getting like first degree like um assault charges and attempted murder of a police officer even though they didn't identify themselves as police officers they just entered a home and expected Mm -hmm. nothing bad to happen like Uh, uh, yeah Well, it's like the, you know, obviously, I think last week we talked about Ahmaud Arbery, where he, again, you know, shot for no reason. Um, And that particular case was because the police had essentially deputized the two guys in the neighborhood and were like, yeah, if you have problems in your neighborhood, just talk to them. And then it turns out those guys were massive racists who were probably just looking for a black guy to kill. Um, So... You know, I'm not saying the police here yeah. were looking for a black person to kill, but they did seem extremely trigger happy and they just seemed like they, you know, weren't really caring about who they shot or paying attention to any sort of image because, again, the suspect had been caught earlier that day. So there was no need for this raid for this, you know, warrant uh, at all. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a power fantasy. Like, like. No, but. Oh, yeah. The, the thing with, like, um people like becoming police officers and then using that to sort of like enforce their like racist ideology and and essentially commit police brutality Mm -hmm. is because of like this power fantasy that they have Mm -hmm. 
that sort of, you know, like, goes back to, like, usually, like, um, again, like I was right. saying, their racist, like, thoughts and ideals. And, and, and this, this, um, this power fantasy that I keep talking about is, right. is also sort of just related to American gun culture in general, where we feel like, oh, we have to be armed at all times. Oh, what if somebody walks in and pulls out a gun and starts shooting somebody? I have to, I have to do this, this super sick John Wayne shooting move. Oh, then everyone's going to see me as a hero. It's, it's, it's all about fulfilling a power fantasy. Yeah. I feel like this, this weapon essentially represents like masculinity and power and to hold it and to use it is effectively just like showing your power right. as an American and asserting dominance basically. Yeah. Um, something else like, um, the shooting of Ahmed Arbery and the EMT, um, I'm sorry, I'm, uh, Brianna Taylor, like that brings back, mm -hmm. um, memories of like the shooting of Trayvon Martin in 2012 in Florida. Um, yeah, it's like, we, like, so many, like, things, like, the media kept reporting on it, and people kept protesting, but nothing changed. Like, we are exactly at the same point we were when that shooting happened, and realistically, now, nothing else is probably going to change either. Like, we're gonna talk about, like, the media's gonna talk about it, the government's gonna say, oh, it's such a tragedy, this happened, and then they're just gonna, like, wash their hands of it and be like, oh, guess we can't do anything about it. And George Zimmerman, the man who shot Trayvon Martin in 2012, um, like, he was almost convicted of domestic abuse on so many occasions. Like, a bunch of his girlfriends, like, claimed, like, he, he had, like, anger issues, I believe. Um, don't quote me on that. I need to, like, reread this article. Like, they claimed that, like, he had, like, issues and... But like, he never got his guns taken away from him. Like, he still has them. And it's like... Yeah. What, should a man who, like, just shot a teenager in a neighborhood who, like, has been on multiple occasions accused of, like, domestic abuse, should he really have access to firearms? Again, it's it's a power fantasy. He's using, like, this idea of, like, castle doctrine. Right. Uh, which is, like, saying, like, if somebody comes onto your property, you're basically allowed to shoot them. If yeah. It's, like, yeah. in self-defense. And he used the fact that he, he's an African-American youth to sort of justify that being like, oh, he was coming in to steal things. Oh, that's all these, that's all these, these black people do. Oh, he's, and it also like plays into domestic abuse and stuff. He's just trying to exert his power. He's what? trying to pretend that he has power and he does that by taking away an innocent man's life. I, I shouldn't even say man. He was, he was, a, yeah. he was a boy. He wasn't, that, that's, he that was sounds boy, wrong. Yeah. Sorry. I think he the was... worst. Uh, I think the worst thing it's about just this senseless and tragic. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. No. It's fine. I get that. But um, with those shootings, is you didn't have the news defending the shooting. You had the news reporting on it. But this time, mm -hmm. we're having people defending the lynching of Armored Arbery because uh, they they they're like oh it was a they were just doing their job a it wasn't their fucking job b the police is not supposed to defer uh, cases to uh, vigilante uh, vigilantes or however you say it I don't know yeah uh, but you're not supposed to defer that and the other thing is like you have people they're like oh look uh, he, armored arbery uh, he uh, he got caught shoplifting in mm -hmm. 2017. Therefore, uh, he deserves to be shot. And it's just, it's appalling. Right. How can you defend, um, how, how can you defend yeah. this shit? You and just, I, I think can't. it's interesting that 
we are all inside more or less you know or we're at least socially distancing and yet police brutality levels haven't gone down every other thing has you know decreased but the number of especially young black men getting shot and killed by police has not decreased so it shows that the the lengths that that system will go to even in a, a time of distancing like this um, and how ingrained it is into the police system that you know for them to carry out their jobs almost seems to always result in these uh, you know in this I hate to call it collateral damage but to them it is collateral damage that is the deaths of young uh, innocent African-American men and women and the fact also especially that you know Brianna Taylor was an EMT I mean those are super necessary people right now even if she wasn't she doesn't deserve to die but you know the fact that you would kill an EMT in the midst of a pandemic is just uh, there's some horrible horrible irony in there somewhere that you know a person who helps to save lives had her own life taken um, so no, I get that it's just yeah I, we shouldn't, it's just, we, I don't know, you don't have this shit in Canada, mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know how, as a country, we can't move past our racist roots. Yeah. And, yeah. It's just no. ingrained in our culture, and I don't think we'll ever be able to fully rid ourselves of it. Yeah. 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 Um, and this isn't oh, only okay. like a problem with firearms and i hate the argument that like oh guns don't kill people people kill people like obviously well, if he had, people like, used to kill people yeah like yeah. obviously if he had a knife he could not have killed it like um not he as in as in not a specific person just like mass shooters in general like he couldn't have like killed all those people if he just had a knife or something but that's like that's like saying that's like saying uh kane killed kane didn't kill abel the rock killed abel yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, um, you look at, like, Europe, and obviously systems aren't perfect there, and you look at the rest of the countries around the world, and, like, they have, um, not, like, super comparable, because no country can really compare to the amount of fire- civilian firearms in America, but they have, like, um, maybe, like, a fourth of the civilian firearms of America. Like, I'm looking at a list right now. America has 120 per 100 people, and Finland has 32 per 100 people, so that's about a fourth of the firearms and like you get you never hear of like mass shootings in finland you never hear of these incidents in finland and obviously that's because like it's a very white homogenous like country and we don't have a gun problem we have a masculinity problem yep yeah masculinity mental health and to an ex to a smaller extent like firearm control problem but like once those two are tackled like we'll see like all these like issues with firearms go down it's just no one wants to tackle them right and I think a lot of, you know, especially in cases like Brianna and Ahmad, it is the militarization of police where they are given quite literally like old, you know, military uh, technology and equipment and they are trained to behave like and think like uh, troops. And so they, they you know, act uh, more violently than is ever necessary. Um, and also, you know, kind of, like, I think all of us here are pretty big on, like, individual gun ownership, as long as you, you know, know how to use it properly and are trained and all that sort of thing. Um. You should never disarm the working class, is all I'm saying. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I think that 
we do, Kyla, to your point, have a lot of excess firearms, if you will. Like, a lot just kind of lying around. Um, so, between both in both civilian and non-civilian uh, areas. So, you know, I, I think that you don't necessarily need to take, quote-unquote, take guns away from people. I mean, but you, know, but you do need to really address who has the guns uh, now, which is, a lot of it is the police, um, but a lot of it is also regular people, but you need to, you know, say, like, hey, do you really need that many as an individual type sort of thing? And also, you know, obviously say to the police, like, yeah. Yeah. hey, relax, stop having such an itchy trigger finger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing, um, back to your point of the militarization of the police, um, I'm sure many people have heard, but, like, in 1985, um, the police of Philadelphia just bombed a black neighborhood, which, like, um, which, like, housed, um, what's it called, this organization called MOVE, and they were, like, a terrorist organization. Wait, 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 Khaled, Khaled, Khaled. Yes? Wait, did you know, in 1985, the Philadelphia police helped citizens move away from poor housing areas to, um, <laughs> richer ones for free? Look up Move 1985 for more. Oh my god. Um, but... <laughs> my god. But back to that, um, like, Move, they were kind of a terrorist organization. They weren't a great organization, and they'd, like, taken... I Again, this is something I need to read more you about. You need to firebomb their fucking house, though. Yeah, like, they... Yeah, ta- and they, like, killed, like, <laughs> children, too, in there. Yeah, they might have, like, taken yeah. someone hostage. I cannot remember for the life of me, but... Um, so there was this organization called Move, and they were all about like black rib- liberation and like environmental rights. And they'd done some terrible things, but like instead of like the police trying to just like they had a lot of guns, and the police instead of like trying to like maybe catch them in some other way, the FBI gave them a bomb. They like bombed their main hideout, killing women and children and men, and obviously like women and. Like, men killing a man is already, like, terrible enough, and, like, women, and ch- like, just killing a child, like, who had absolutely nothing to do with this. Yeah, they, they killed a shit ton of innocent people there. Yeah, they, like, fired, yeah. I can't remember the exact number, but I believe it's, like, more than a thousand rounds into just that stronghold. They, like, um, yeah, it went up in unextinguished flames. Eleven people were killed, including five children, and, like, only two people survived, and of those two people, one of them was, like, I believe, like, a 13-year-old, and the other was, like, 27, and then immediately after, he went to jail for, like, rioting charges, like, and the police never got, like, in trouble for the fact they just, like, destroyed the houses of 250, like, people in, like, in what was pretty much a racist move. It was a primarily black neighborhood. Who cares if it gets destroyed? Like... So I feel like we can all agree, um, on this, on this simple Mm -hmm. little thing. Yes. Uh, ACAB. Yeah, it's, it's... Cops serve to crush yeah. working class movements, especially class movements of color. They are a tool of both the state and capital that works to um, militarily oppress uh, any sort of uprising against existing power structures. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't. Uh, I think move, if I recall correctly. Anarcho primitist movement mm-hmm. based, uh, based, based on like based. communalism and stuff like that. Um, 
it was it was just a bunch of hippies but like you didn't see the fucking cops uh bomb span ranch back in the 60s even though fucking uh you know mm-hmm. Char- uh charlie manson was living there uh but no once 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 you got a black flower power movement it's even if you know they kill people it's time to kill their entire commune and you know just bomb a bunch of you know african-americans right. who may not have done it but right you know, yeah they're black, so their yeah. lives don't matter. Please, no one ever take what Fred just said out of context. <laughs> and oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there, yeah. Don't Please take that never. Out of context. Yeah, um, and also the bombing occurred, I believe, under the authorization of the first black mayor of Philadelphia. So, like, that just like just another point of context. Right. Like, even the mayor. Mm. Like, Hugh himself was black, and yet he, like, authorized, like, such a terrible thing to happen to this, like, neighborhood and mm-hmm. organization. Yeah. So, take that as okay. you will. Um, switching gears quite a bit. Uh, let's talk about another big story from the past uh, couple of days here. Jeff Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos. Yes. Jeffrey Bezos is on track to... Donate 90% of his money yes. to... Uh, yes. Uh, he's on track for money laundering. <laughs> he's going to have infinite life. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, he's, he's on track to By 2026. during this COVID. He's pandemic, making a lot of money this whole time, yes. because of it. Yeah, yeah. by 2026. Yeah. Wait, wait. Would that make him uh, the richest man ever? Or I think Monson Musa had more money. money. Monson was like... So much rich. Like he had so much gold. No, I, I need to read settlers again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, hold on, let me check his net worth. It's telling me. Yeah. yeah. So he had a net still worth richer of than Jeff Bezos, billion, but so. not quite a trillionaire. Um. I I mean this is just this, like this. There's not even a whole lot we can say about it because it's just such a like. Of course, Jeff Bezos is going to become a trillionaire soon. Of course, that's going to happen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He's also going to be the first one on the guillotine. So. But it it was I'm just a matter. Of, it was just a matter of when. But I think right, the and it's news five here years, is no five six years from now. Yeah. Which, yeah. I exactly. Know if I want to be happy. All right, we have five years to take him down. Yeah, we have five years before. Um, apparently, under the god, um, he made a rule saying that if anybody gets a mm-hmm. trillion dollars in the game of capitalism, they get automatically one free extra life. Yeah. So I guess Jeff Bezos, Bezos won. He won capitalism, yeah. folks. Yeah. We can pack it up now. And All right, we can start. stop doing capitalism. He won. Oh, my God. Yeah, he can start. Um, that reminds me... This is a bit random, but that reminds me of a scene from BoJack Horseman where literally they just go, um, Congress just legalized murder if you're a billionaire. And it was like, it's literally <laughs> pretty much, just, pretty it's, much. it's just that in real life. Like, it was just a scene, like, mocking, like, Nancy Pelosi and, like, um, like the GOP and Congress in general, like, how, like, the only thing they can agree on is just helping the rich. But it's pretty much yeah. just turned into that in real life. You can murder people as long as you have, like, at least a million dollars, not a million, um, 20 million dollars. Yeah. Um, I think also, you know, especially seeing that Jeff Bezos was becoming rich during this time or, you know, he was on track to become a trillionaire and um, all that sort of thing that 
comparing that to what his workers are going through and you know the fact that they're not shutting down any sort of warehouses that have had covid infections in them is just i mean the the disconnect uh, and you know his workers are not being paid hazard pay and he took away their health benefits and like he could personally afford to pay all of them more than they get now give them their health benefits and he would still have way more money than any of us will ever see yeah. in a lifetime way more than he could spend in a lifetime i get the service that amazon has to do right now mm-hmm. but he hasn't turned it right. into doing a service and putting profit second he's putting profits first and doing this quote-unquote service second and he's he's putting himself first instead of his workers and it's just it's just this immense selfishness that we need to recognize. I'm, I'm not saying that we need to shut down the Amazon factories, but we need to shut down non-essential items being shipped. We need to shut down uh, the right. thing that we workers need to go to work or else they'll starve. You need to shut that down. You can keep your fucking factory running. You can keep that shit running because mm-hmm. I guess we'd starve if we didn't have Amazon, which is such a weird thing to say, but it's just... You're putting profits first. You're not putting your worker safety right. or, you know, yeah. this this wartime uh, thing we have. God, I sound like Joe Biden right now, but <laughs> I can't think. I, w- I, I woke up like, so the kids would ago. come up <laughs> down the pool and they'd rub my legs, no. which would turn blonde in the sun. <laughs> no. And then they'd sit on my lap, oh but try not to get a um, pecker. I tried to that not get a red That horse-faced boy was rocket. looking real mighty that fine was, there. Um... Oh, my God. <laughs> that was too coherent to be Joe Biden. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I Do you remember that. when Donald Trump yeah, Jr. No, called I mean, Joe Biden a pedophile his on like, Black television or something? Whatever. There's an article. Yeah, yeah I'm waiting. For... Uh, I don't think yeah, he has. The Clintons yeah. are. The Clintons for sure. Joe are. Bi- uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the. But I don't think Joe Biden is in the Black Book, but I know, I know for sure Donald Trump is. The Clintons. Oh are, yeah, definitely. Uh, fucking look at Bill Clinton. He, he obviously... Yep. Look at that sex pervert. He would um, be on... If he wasn't a yeah, pres- uh, so, president, he'd be on the Chris I mean, I, I don't know. I I wonder if, personally, if Jeff Bezos is in that as well. Um, but I don't... There's something, like, Jeff Bezos is so, like, detached and emotionless that I don't even think he would engage in that sort of thing. Like, he's just so, I don't know, robotic. And so... I mean, he looks like Dr. Evil, from you know austin bowery's um and he has the the same personality as dr evil he doesn't even try to hide how like yeah dumb and yeah. how evil yeah yeah yeah, how evil he is like elon musk at least tries to you know make how friends with people on reddit or whatever yeah. bezos doesn't even go for that he's just like yeah hate me i don't care i'll No, but once you become once you become a billionaire and you have too much money than you can feasibly spend in your entire lifetime, I, I think if I was a billionaire, I'd just be d- disconnected from reality mm-hmm. because I know people don't actually love yep. me anymore. Yep. They want me for my money. Nobody loves Jeff Bezos, especially not his wife. Not even his wife. Especially not him. his ex. He cheated on oh. her. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it is depressing, but it is uh, it, it is a Christmas story or whatever that uh, 
stupid yeah. Christmas book was, but yeah. <laughs> the one wait, I think wait that... did you call a Christmas story the stupid ghost book? Yeah, yeah that's a, a Christmas the one with carol. Scrooge? A Christmas story that's a Christmas... The a Christmas story is the one with the fucking BB gun. Oh, <laughs> oh I have I have Joe Biden brain sludge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so stupid. no, I and you know yeah, it is like you know this this is a lot of people are horrified by this but like this is the system working as intended so to speak it's just that that intention is bad it's really not ethical and it concentrates all this money uh into the hands of one guy jeff bezos um and he needs to you know i, I mean he's not he's not even like bill gates too like he tries to pretend to be philanthropic even though there's a lot of issues there Bezos doesn't even try and do that. You shouldn't have to make yeah. people pay for Bezos doesn't even try to be philanthropic because he had a donation button on Amazon.com to help with the COVID, you know, issues and all that sort of thing. But it just donated to... Right. It just meant that yeah, he customers can't even donated he, he, to yeah. Amazon and then he gets to use it as a tax write-off because it's you know charitable donations so he's not even like you know he doesn't he doesn't even pretend to be just a horror or you know doesn't even pretend not to be a horrible human yeah um and the same thing happened with whole foods um it was that whole like you can give money from your paycheck to donate it was during christmas you can give it to a food bank or whatever anyway mm -hmm. uh let's i think we should end the episode right here um because I hate, uh, I don't want to talk about rich people anymore. Uh, yeah. Rich people. Garen and Khaled, did you guys have another uh, reading recommendation this week, or? Uh, uh, let me let me find something on yeah. my shelf real quick. Uh, give me a okay. minute. Uh, I can give a reading recommendation. Oh, the Fast Food Nation. Trips. That's a great book. Um. It explores, like, the origins of American yeah, fast... My reading recommend... Oh. oh, you go, you go. I can say mine. Okay, mine is called uh, Complete Care Made Easy Rats by Debbie Ducommon. Khaled, do you have any Got it. recommendations? Yeah I, yeah, I have a book called Fast Food Nation by... I need to look up the author. Author. By Eric Schlozer. It's about, like, the origins of American, like, fast food and culture. And there's actually... um. It's, like, really interesting. Um, if you want to, like, know more about, like, what you're eating and how it came to be, it's a really good read. I've not finished it personally, but I've read, like, half of it. Great read. It explores, like, um, how, like, the automobile industry conspired to destroy any form of pub public transportation to ensure that, like, highways became a thing. Mm -hmm. And then that led eventually to, like, fast food, which led to, like, the destruction of, like, locally owned stuff. And it's... It's and really that's what led to our fifty percent obesity rate. Yeah, USA, pretty much. Yeah, USA. that is like the book. Like, uh, automob automobiles led to yeah. obesity. Yeah. That's cool. So, um, my recommendation this week is *A Confederacy of Dunces* by John Kennedy Toole. It is very good. Uh, supposedly, a lot of the like stuff in it about like because it's set in New Orleans, and I'm pretty sure the author author is also mm -hmm. from New Orleans. So, um, and I, it's I've heard that it's like. The dialogue is like very representative of New right. Orleans culture and stuff, and uh, I'm not from New Orleans, so I can't verify. But it's really good and really funny, and I definitely recommend it. Cool. 
All right. Excellente. So that's all Thank for me. Thank you for reading, Corner. Um, you guys can catch us back here next week. Uh, we, well, yeah, I guess it'll be next week. We'll be releasing on Monday as usual. Uh, I think we're, yeah. we'll probably do a full episode, but um, let's see what plugs and notices. Um, give us a review on iTunes, anything on iTunes, or if you listen on iTunes generally, um, mm-hmm. share us with your friends and family if you want. That's That would be great. Gets us listens, and, you know, we love to... Send us right, to exactly, your conspiracy yes. theory Make us on Facebook and talk about mm-hmm. how patriotic i don't know um <laughs> uh yeah garen moet is going to destroy america you heard it here first i hope this comes up when i run for something um to any future employers looking at this podcast death to america death to Thank capitalism you. <laughs> that means they have to wa- listen to the entire hour yeah they probably you know if you're an employer good job on that yeah you probably yeah, i don't want to listen this. to these right. kids for an hour what am i jeff no. <laughs> my cousin's jeff no. okay okay we have the episode now thank you garen you <laughs> um before, right yes before we get uh, too controversial okay, thank you guys for recording with me today and thank you to our listeners for listening um, I think I said at the end of the mini-sode, but as always, remember, don't die for the economy, and we'll see you next Gene week. Debs Bye. gave his views of the war, then raging in Europe. I am not a capitalist soldier. I am a proletarian revolutionist. I am opposed to every war but one. I am for that war with heart and soul. And that is the worldwide war of the social revolution. In that war, I am prepared to fight in any way the ruling class may make necessary, even to the barricades. That is where I stand, and where I believe the Socialist Party stands, or ought to stand, on the question of war.